0: Follow Chicago's home for sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. That's right. The baseball playoffs begin this week. You've got a uh, wild card game on Tuesday. There could be some tiebreakers on Monday. Wednesday is the National League wildcard game, and Thursday, the American League Division Series, White Sox and the Astros. The only question we, that remains is, well, there's several questions, um, mm-hmm. but do they play here or in Houston, and who starts game one? Is it Lance Lynn, who pitched last night, five strong innings, or is it Lucas Giolito, who goes later on this evening, a six ten first first pitch? We've got White Sox weekly later this afternoon, about 3.30, and then uh, the game tonight, uh, right here with Len Casper and Darren Jackson on the call. Brian Hanley, Fred Huebner here. We'll take a few more uh, Bears calls. We'll talk some White Sox baseball. Um, nice to see Jose Abreu finally get that uh, 30th homer. It's been a few weeks. Uh, we'll talk some White Sox baseball and your chance to, uh, be part of the Waddle and Sylvie show coming up on Monday, a very, very special show. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. First, let's get back to the calls, 312-332-3776. My guy out in worth Fat Mike, what's
1: up? Well, oh, oh, good morning, fellas. Good morning, Freddie. Good morning, Brian. How we doing, my friend? Hey, doing Mike. Great. I, got, I think I know how to fix the Chicago Bears. And I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that wants everybody fired. But why don't we figure this out? Why don't we figure this out and create a position like the Chicago Cubs did, director of football operations for the Chicago Bears? We have to figure this out. Get somebody. There has to be an expiring contract somewhere in the in the NFL who knows what the hell they're doing in the NFL and knows what a football team is supposed to look like. And then that guy hire your GM, and then they collaborate. That was a big word in in the preseason, guys. That was a big, collaboration is key. Yes, yes. All right. Let let those two guys collaborate on who your new head coach will be that's the only way I see the bear I see the bears not being a complete disaster over the next three to five seasons
0: oh, Mike you're always you're always giving me happy news
2: hey <laughs> <laughs> belated congrats uh, Mike on the nuptials yes
1: oh yeah we're getting divorced next week it's gonna be great <laughs> oh for love it.
2: He
0: he was he was the divorce well before the marriage, but I think uh, his <laughs> wife his wife is a saint. Uh, Mike, uh, appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, guys. Uh, now that's that's an idea that's come up in the past.
2: Bill Polian was supposed to be wasn't he, yeah. he was going to be the overseer of uh, Synergy uh, GM? Sure. And, uh, and uh, Tressman yeah. second Tressman reference in, in our show. Yes. Um, and and George and Ted were asked directly. Uh, in the off season, at that end of the season press conference, why did not you get a football guy in here? And the response was, well, Ryan and Matt, there are football guys. Right. That's what McCaskey said, right? Don't need them. So that's yeah. when, when you hear
0: that line, that's when you take your hand and you smack yourself in the forehead. Yes. Because okay. you say, oh, my Lord, it's not there working are football out. guys. No, no, it's definitely not working out. Not with these two. We go to Lakeview and Larry. Larry, what's going on today? Hey, how are you guys doing today? I appreciate the show here. Thank you. Thank you.
3: So the question I have, I actually have like two things. Number one, my son went to Michigan. I saw a lot of Justin Fields, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, You know, there's no question with like, you know, the big 10 offensive and defensive lines. They're as big as the NFL. So I I don't understand the excuse of that. But my second thing is tomorrow's going to be wet and, why don't we just run it up the middle? Keep doing it. Get their defense kind of tired, and then throw Justin Fields to run, whatever plays he needs to run. I, I just think they're going about this whole thing the wrong way.
0: So you think that they should uh, use the offensive game plan based on the weather tomorrow?
2: Absolutely, fair weather. It's it's going to be it's going to be a wet
3: field. Why not that take is. that advantage? Well, it's a
0: bad field anyway. Yeah, right. And 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 we appreciate the call, area. Yeah, when it when Soldier Fields a wet field. It's a bad field, uh, and it usually stays very wet throughout most of it, Met wet and then muddy and things like that. Um, I would not be surprised. Hey, listen, I would not be against them running the ball and also maybe leaving another guy in the block. Someone brought up a point a couple of weeks ago with us, Brian, how the Bears don't have a fullback on the, on the roster. Right. And, uh, I know that you have a bunch of tight ends. You can have a tight end back in there blocking it. I, I don't know that I've seen any of those plays yet this year. Um, uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. And you see fullbacks on other teams and there are, there are some other teams it's a position that's gone away a lot. I know the Niners still have one and they throw to him a lot and he blocks. And it's, he's like, he's a guy that every once in a while he makes big plays. Um, Justin, uh, you check. Um and um he used to be in Baltimore now now with the Forty ers but not many people have tight ends but like I said we have not seen the tight ends I'm sorry fullbacks you have not seen many tight ends come to the backfield and block like they like they've done in the past um I don't know when the game starts tomorrow I have no idea what to expect
2: well and here's the real head scratcher David Montgomery you know I'm not an idiot I know we have to run the ball more yeah that it's coming up on an anniversary right Yeah. He- uh he swears matt nagy swears he loves everything about david montgomery and when you give him the opportunity and get him lathered up he looks like the real deal i mean there's no no reason to doubt his abilities right nope not at all now, the flip side of that fred is this is a defense in in, in uh, detroit that allows big plays and if you're going to get instill some confidence in this offense yeah, use the run game, but also open up the passing game and go downfield and hopefully get some success because they allow almost seven yards per play. They they're down toward the bottom in every defensive category, right? Twenty nine, thirty-first thirty first in points allowed. Um, I just looked. The Bears over under in points twenty two and a half tomorrow. That's what four, you know four more than last week because they always just seem to be right around. Vegas hasn't pegged around seventeen points per game, right?
0: Right, right. And, and so, we, we, you look at that set every week.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because it gives me a barometer on what, how, what's the faith. Again, in a league, a, a league that averages 27, 28 points, even the poor teams are around that number. And against Detroit, Matt Nagy 5-1, 26.3 points per game on average in those six games. So it can be done. It has been done. And I would argue that Justin Fields is a better quarterback now than Mitch Trubisky ever was, whether Matt Nagy – has fingerprints on either or both.
0: Yeah, you know what I can tell you tomorrow, and I just looked at the um, Lions roster and realized something too. Um, Matt Nagy should hopefully take some uh, tips from what the Lions do with their tight end, TJ Hawkinson. He's like one of the biggest weapons on that team. Big guy. Goes out, catches balls. They throw to him in the end zone. They throw to him in the red zone. They throw to him everywhere. Novel and uh, approach, yeah, you know? it'd be nice. Yeah, very, very novel. Let's go to Michigan and Will. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Will.
4: Hey guys, I was just having a thought, and I'm just kind of confused on what the game plan that Maggie's thinking up. I mean, last week it looked like Justin Fields was playing the same game plan against the Rams. This real quick, you know, quick passes, quick passes. But now they're saying that. They don't know who's going to start. So, what's the game plan? Are there different game plans for different quarterbacks? Well, and now they're talking rain.
0: Don't you think there should be different game plans for the for these two with Dalton and, and uh, Absolutely. Fields? Absolutely, yeah.
4: Absolutely, I think if you don't see that, you don't. You haven't been watching football. I mean, I've never played or coached football, but I've watched it my whole life. And if you have different quarterbacks, you got to play to their talents. You know that's why Mitch Trubisky suffered. They never played to the fact that he can roll out and he can run. They just chained him to the pocket and let him. Try to do his worst, I guess. I, I don't know. It's like they don't know how to adjust to the team's talent, and that's why I think Maggie just needs to go. He doesn't know how to change. You know, you can't just go with your game plan. You have to be able to adjust.
0: Uh, Will, I think you're preaching the choir. I mean,
2: yeah, I mean, and, uh, and and Will's right. I mean, whether you played it, coached it, you can see it if you've been watching it. And guys who did play it, like Olin and and up and down this week. I mean, sure. that was that was they're screaming from the hilltops. During the game people are tweeting out, why don't why ain't you rolling him out? Get him out of the pocket, do things that can you know, give him some opportunity. And Orlovsky was what he was on that 0 and sixteen Detroit team, right? He may have been. Yeah. And yeah. he said this was the worst game plan he's ever seen. Period. And he you know, I imagine he saw some bad ones during a winless season.
0: Yeah, quite a few. Three one two, three three two, three seven, seven, six. Um yeah, all of those guys and they came out um and the, the thing that I wanted to bring up, too, and you you mentioned Cap and the show they do, uh, the NBC Sports uh, post-game show over on uh, NBC Chicago. And we so many times we heard a lot of fans call up and say the defense played well enough to win. But the defensive guys that are on that show, uh, Alex Brown and um, also Lance Briggs, ripped the defense. Yep. And I, I'm glad they did because... They gave up two hundred and eighteen rushing yards. You've got to learn how to tackle. Eddie Jackson is still the worst, probably the worst tackler in the NFL. He did that. Th- he did it when Kareem Hunt went for the twenty nine yards. He doesn't wrap up. He never wraps up. And you've got a guy like Roquan Smith and the guys on the defensive line that are playing pretty well. Jalen Johnson, I think, is playing well. Kendall Vildor got beat early in that game because Odell Beckham Jr., they kept going to him early. They kind of went away from him later in the game, which was surprising to me because I guess they didn't need to. Then they just ran the ball because they were up and they could get so many yards rushing the ball. But the Bears defense has to get better. And I, throughout the whole game, it was kind of like that bend but don't break. The first two drives, think about it, they were, the Browns marched all the way down field and then they went for it on fourth downs, and both times the Bears came up with sacks. That were they were huge, especially the fourth and one inside the what was it inside the five, okay. and they stopped him. And Khalil Mack had the sack, but they let him march downfield. That's one of the reasons they you know they gave up what was it 400 and 420, 418 yards or whatever it was. Yeah, I think it was two hundred and three passing and two hundred eighteen uh, or two hundred fifteen rushing the ball. It, but they, somewhere along the line, they got to stop them. Now I understand they're on the field a long time. the The time of possession was two to one. It was like right. thirty nine so minutes they're to twenty. Down. Yeah, they're, it's but- even
2: late late in the game. I'm screaming at the TV like, you know, they're going to run the ball, right? And you weren't stopping them for a yard, yard right. and a half, right? I mean, they're 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 running out the clock and and trying to keep the ball and pick up four or five, six yards at a chunk, and like Alex uh, Alex and. Uh, and Lance said, you, yeah. know, you knew it was coming, and you still couldn't do anything about it. Again, maybe you were gassed. I don't know.
0: Yeah, but the, the one thing you, that, that I always tell, and these guys say it too, because I've heard them say it in the past, and that's why I went with it, is your job as a defensive player, when I worked with Mongo for long enough, he would always say it too, your job as a defensive player is to get off the field after three plays. Right? Don't let him march the ball down the field. Don't let him do that. Stop them, and then give the ball back to your offense, Whatever. But you've got to do that. And, and I don't think, I saw a stat earlier this week, the Bears have not had a three and out with Andy Dalton, at quarterback, this year. So, I mean, that doesn't sound like it means a lot, but they haven't gone three and out. They did quite a bit last week. Yeah. So we'll see how things go. Who's the quarterback? Who's the offensive play caller? Uh, I'm not sure if we'll know any of that still till the game goes on, until the first uh, snap tomorrow at a little after twelve o'clock. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Bunch of callers jumping on in. We'll get to you guys. Talk a little baseball. We're here till eleven on ESPN one thousand.
3: Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago.
4: This is ESPN one thousand.
0: We'll find out tomorrow when the Bears take the field against the Lions who the starting quarterback will be, and uh, I guess by the way the plays are called, we'll figure out who the play caller is. If there's guys in motion or not, um, if there's not guys <laughs> in motion, and
2: Matt, Matt Nagy's still calling plays, uh, we'll is he get, is he still going to have the big laminated card even if he's not calling plays? Well, just to throw people off, maybe, maybe, or maybe
0: or, maybe this time he will actually have a Denny's menu. Yeah. It'll be the, the <laughs> actual venue. Yeah, he'll get the, the you know, the, uh, uh, what is it? Uh,
2: Moon over Miami. Yes, yes,
0: yeah. yes, he'll get that. Hey, listen, um, on Monday, Waddle and Sylvia are going to broadcast from Guaranteed Rate Field inside the Shy Sox Bar and Grill Monday afternoon. It's part of the Change the Game rally from 3 until 7. Admission is free, but you must get a ticket in advance. Now go to whitesox.com backslash CTG. Live music, prizes, the uh, speed pitching machine, all that stuff. Come celebrate the Sox in the playoffs Monday afternoon with Waddle and Sylvie at Shy Sox Bar and Grill on ESPN 1000. And since we're talking that, let's uh, there's a bunch of Bears callers, but I want to go to Owen real quick out in Willowbrook. Owen, what's happening?
1: Hey, guys. How you doing today? Doing well. Hey, I know you're talking the Bears. Uh, just a real quick point. I, I stopped watching him when this guy, um, I think two years ago, called three passes against green Bay from the two yard line and they didn't get in. And um, so anyhow, um, but, but as far as the Sox, I was hoping, you know, the guy that I think is going to be interesting and maybe in this series, because he won't start, but I can see him maybe coming out of the bullpen and maybe in a situation like El Duque did against Boston in the playoffs, you know, in that situation, when El Duque came in, I thought it was kind of hopeless with bases loaded, nobody out, right. close game, and then El Duque came through. But I think Ozzy called on him, obviously because of his experience and and what have you. And I could see that possibly happen with um, with Keiko in a, in a high-leverage situation late in the game. You need a double play ball. It looks like, you know, if they have a situation like that, I think he could be a big factor in this series in a close game. Possibly. I don't know if the outcome will be the same, but I can see that him being a factor in it.
0: You know, I, boy, Owen, I appreciate the call. I, I, would be, I wouldn't be sitting down if that happened. Even in my kitchen or my living room or my, wherever I'm watching the game. I, I may be here because I'm doing a lot of the postgame stuff. I would be on the edge of my seat or standing up because I'm not sure that Dallas Keuchel deserves to be there. Um, on the playoff roster, but if Tony thinks he can get a guy out or get a ground ball, the tough part is nowadays, Brian, with that three, facing three batters, right? It's difficult
2: to to have a guy ready just to do that. You know what I mean? And and, and I just hung my head because I, I've asked you <laughs> no. to check your Dallas Keuchel pulse each week. Yeah. Because when Jeff Passon was on these airwaves and said, oh, he'll be on the playoff roster, and Jesse Rogers, our guy, echoed that opinion and said, sure, he will be. Right. Basically, I heard mop-up duty. Like, you're either up big or you're down big, and it it wouldn't be a high-leverage situation. I mean, I would hope that he could be El Duque 2.0, and sure. he could come in and, and nail down an inning or whatever. It's tough to do, like you said, or even start a crucial inning and get you to kimbrel and and to um Hendricks but I, I mean I just based on what he's done this year i I couldn't trust him to do it right
0: no, no, and they have so many other guys that can do that kind of stuff or at least that Tony has shown that he likes going to like a co-packer crochet or you know he gave to a chance yesterday they were up five to one, he loaded the bases with a couple of hits a couple of walks, and then finally got out of it um. But yeah, I think there's so many other guys. I really have no idea how they're going to use Keuchel. I would not be surprised. Well, actually, I would be because you're going to have you're going to have Lynn Giolito, and then I know Rodon is probably going to be the guy. But if they don't have confidence in him, then you're going to have to go with Cease as your number three. Keuchel's got to be five, if you know, if oh, yeah. considered, right. and that's why I don't know where he would even fit on the playoff
2: roster. So, he wouldn't fit on mine. No, but but no. it sounds like deference to who he is and how much you're paying him and yeah. don't want to embarrass him. I don't. But if you really can't put him in a game situation and feel good about it, why even put him on the roster if you have other options for to, yeah. to actually help contribute to a winning a series?
0: Right, yeah, I agree. Let's get back to some Bears talk. We go to Elmwood Park and Steve. Steve, what's
2: happening?
3: Hey, how's it going, guys? Hope you're doing your morning. So um, far, so good. The Bears, I've been listening the last couple of days, Waddle and Sylvie and so forth. I think, um, like me personally, I think there's a bigger dynamic. It's like we've come across this multiple times in Chicago sports, but the pressure that they're facing with their jobs and so forth, it takes a toll, and then they you start playing more conservatively, your game plan and so. And so, like with fields, get it ball out. Maybe they don't trust his awareness yet, like in full, which you can obviously see is probably a problem. And then their left tackle situation – You know, they're on borderline. It's almost like a Jenga puzzle where you're missing all the pieces and, like, Mm. your one side is almost toppling. You try to be as conservative as possible because if that side breaks, what are you going to do? The season's pretty much over then. So I wanted to see your thoughts because I think the Bulls are going to be in that spot too. They've got a lot of pieces. Now the pressure's on. And I don't want it to be like a Paxman, paxman Foreman situation as before where, you know, they're firing Thibodeau. Just because it's like almost like a scapegoat, so want to see your thoughts on all that.
0: Okay, Steve, appreciate it. Um, There are a lot of holes. You know, the offensive line—they really haven't done a whole heck of a lot. They they draft a guy that can't play because of his back injury and he has surgery, and then they they find a guy that's fishing and they take their right guard and put him at right tackle, and he's not ready and he's been hurt the whole time. And there are the whole offense. He's he. Brings up a good point. The whole offense is kind of shaky from the line to the, um, well, I guess you'd say the tight ends since they're not using them, and the quarterback situation.
2: Well, that was the fear before the first snap of the season, and yeah. now it's played out worse than we would have might have imagined with nine sacks last week. Right, and I guarantee you, Cleveland's not that good. I mean, Miles Garrett had a career day and all that. A, a buddy of mine's in a survivor pool, and he texts me every week. You know, what are my thoughts? Yeah, and. I said, that well, I would have given you the Minnesota, which, by the way, um, Carm and and uh, Mike touted on the odds couple. But I, I, this a few days ago, I said, I know you used Minnesota already in, in I think, week one, so you can't use them. But everyone's going to think Cleveland's all that. They're not going to do that up in Minnesota. You know, Minnesota no. will win that game. So he's like, oh, really? He, because he, wanted, he was going to go Cleveland. and Right. It's just, it's recency bias both ways. That Cleveland h- had a field day because the Bears were complete disarray. Sure. And and that was mostly at the Bears doorstop, doorstep. It wasn't because Cleveland, you know, as much as Matt Nagy said, they knew what we we're going to do and basically conceded we couldn't do it because they knew what we we're going to do. Aren't you supposed to test them anyway and make them prove it?
0: Yeah. That was so frustrating when you heard yeah. him say, why didn't you do this? And he said, well, yeah. they knew that's what we were going to do. So well, we're not doing that. Yeah, it's it's kind of like there's a honeymooner sketch where he goes, he knows. Well, you know what he knows that you know that he. He's like, come right. on! I mean, it was ridiculous. You 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 say, well, it's like, well, they know we're going to do that, so we won't do that. Let's I do mean, this. Th- instead. That
2: wasn't the steel curtain no. or the purple people eaters. No, it wasn't. I mean, okay, help.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's crazy. Let's go to uh, let's go to Jimmy. Jimmy, what's happening?
4: How you guys doing? So, uh, two points. The second point being the one with actually the more substance. But first off, you know, we were sold an offensive guru, and in hi- and he's never done anything in his career to suggest he's an offensive guru. So, in hindsight, shame on us for just going along with that blindly. I don't really understand why we all keep calling this guy an offensive guru. But anyways, I'm listening to Black and Abdallah last night, and Chris Black brings up an interesting point. He says, um... You know, Nagy, you got Fields who's clear to practice, Dalton who's questionable. Nagy's not naming the starter because he's hoping. He wakes up on Sunday and Andy Dalton's feeling great, right? Because at the end of the day, Matt Nagy knows he cannot scheme for a guy like Justin Fields. It's like asking a guy to speak French who can't speak French. So (laughs) I think at the end of the day, like – this is all the more reasons to move on from this coach. At, at this point, you choose. Do we want to go with Nagy, or do you want to go with Fields? But that's it, guys. Thanks again, and uh, go Bears, I guess. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> um,
0: I don't know. I See, Nagy, when he came here and when they got Fields, didn't you think in your head somewhere that he was there when Mahomes was learning and maybe he should be able to um, – the scheme and offense for a guy that can actually move the ball because the offense that he was there with was Alex Smith, Um and obviously Alex Smith was not a guy running the ball all that much. I mean, he didn't r- scramble out of the pocket and run down the left side and things like that. Well,
2: but, then Nagy Nagy called uh, plays for all six quarters at Kansas City. Right? Yeah, yeah, six quarters, not six games. Yeah, I, I know. I, I said six, six games. So I, yeah. think right. but, I mean, he, he he was there and he had input, but he wasn't. The, the most important cog by any stretch uh, it, my thing with when they drafted Justin Fields it was a Matt Nagy production and I'm like hallelujah because Ryan Pace doesn't you know couldn't see uh, identify a quarterback to save his life so I thought if he looked at film and was sold on this guy that he could mold him and they would mesh together because he had to sell Ryan Pace on I'll get the best out of Mitch Trubisky and tell him everything Ryan Pace wanted to hear about that debacle right I thought for sure this was going to be a different looking head coach and play caller because he was up, you know, singing from the mountain, go get Justin Fields, and the GM actually figured out a way to do it. So far, not so good. So, yeah. It's, now, now you wonder, I mean, wonder even more when Matt, let's put it this way Matt Nagy gets fired. Is he ever going to be a head coach in this league again? You wouldn't think so. No.
0: Yeah, it would be would. the Doug Peterson thing where. He, he just won't get another starting or another head coaching job after that. No, game.
2: and Ryan Pace wouldn't be a GM anywhere else. And that 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 tells you, just like Mitch Trubisky is making $2 bucks in Buffalo to back up uh, the starting quarterback because the league spoke. The league, what, whoever's fault it was, they decided Mitch Trubisky was part of it, rightly or wrongly. That that's The league told you what they think of him. Right. And I guarantee you, most teams are going to say the same thing about Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. They, they don't belong. They don't fit. That's not what it looks like.
0: Yeah. We come back. I want to talk a little base, little baseball. Uh, White Sox have won five straight. It's about time. Um their longest win streak before this little streak here in September was a two game winning streak. That's why they're battling and hoping the Oakland A's can uh pull out a couple of uh victories in the next couple of days and knock off the Astros and the Sox can beat the Tigers in order for the White Sox to get home field advantage. They're gonna have the blackout games. They want the fans to come to the White Sox home games and uh home playoff games all in black. It should be fun. It would be nice if there was it was Thursday instead of Sunday. But uh, we'll talk about that we come back. 312-332-3776 here on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000,
4: Chicago's home for sports.
1: Oh
0: Chicago's home for sports on Twitter
3: at ESPN 1000.
4: Abreu launches. Deep to left. If it's fair,
3: it's gone. It's a home run, number 30. 30-30. It took a while, but he got there. Thank goodness, Jose. We have been waiting for him to find that one pitch he can run into, and
0: he did it. Yes, he did. Jose Abreu with his homer last night. Home run number 30 on the season, 30-100 and 100 again for the White Sox first baseman as um, he's still trying to catch uh, Salvi Perez. Perez with no RBIs yesterday, and um, Abreu had four of them. So uh, we'll see how things go. He was 2-4 for four last night with that homer, and four runs batted in. Len Casper and Darren Jackson on the call. Hubner and Hanley back here on ESPN 1000. White Sox an 8-1 win over the Tigers yesterday, Brian. They've given up just three runs in the last three games. They played the Reds, who were out of the playoffs, and they're playing the Lions, or the Lions, the Tigers, who've been out of the playoffs basically since the season got underway. Um, Lance Lynn threw the five innings. That was nice to see. It was something that surprised me. He's 11-6, and six, but he doesn't have enough innings pitched to qualify for, the, for the, um, the Cy Young Award, which I never quite understood what the rule was, but I guess you have to have as much, as many innings as games played. So you have to have at least 162 innings um hmm. to to get there and there are very few pitchers this year in baseball, I mean, it used to be pitcher's goal to get to 200, you know, innings. Right. We right. remember a couple of years ago, both Hendricks and Lester would say, you know, Madden's, not, they wanted to get to 200 innings, but Madden wouldn't do that.
2: Yeah, they were old school. That was still a, a, a bar that they set the beginning of the season to want to exceed. Yeah, they wanted they wanted to get to that
0: point and were unable to do it. So I'm looking here really quickly and um, let's see, you've got Lance Lynn, 157. And he's not obviously not scheduled to make any more. You got G. at one seventy three, Cease at one sixty one, Keuchel at one sixty one. So right now you have G. going today. He's already there, and I think Cease is pitching on Sunday, so he'll get over. Um, he'll get over the one sixty two. But they only have two guys that would even qualify, despite the fact that Lynn is a, you know a two sixty nine ERA, Rodon's two thirty seven. But he's only got 132 innings pitched. Right. He's 30 innings shy. So my my bet for him winning Cy Young went out the window. Um, there really aren't that many pitchers. Which is you know maybe somewhere along the line, if this continues, maybe they'll have to change that
2: yeah that number. That, that we now have managers who go to bullpen days and bullpen rotations. Yeah. and looking for any reason to get them out and you know even wrote down the other day. One hit in the five innings, but he had, what, 63 or so pitches. And we talked about the velocity being down. It's too bad because that would have been a terrific story had he not been sitting out with that shoulder fatigue. Right, He's right in the middle of that conversation,
0: right? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I'm I'm trying to bring up right now how many pitchers in the American League even have um, that many innings pitched. It can't be that many.
2: Um, So
0: I'm going to look real quick.
2: Where's and- Caesar Hernandez on that list? Is how far short is he of the Siam? <laughs> the- okay.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's not that many. Okay, uh, let me see here. Well, there's more Can- than I thought. I'm up to I'm up to twenty five, so it's one full page. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, actually, that's and I'm only looking. I'm looking major leagues. Let me look at just the American League.
2: While you're doing that, can I give you my one
0: Cubs note Yes, for the you week? can. Well, what, more, more COVID guys? Well, no. Jeez,
2: um, four of them now. <laughs> yeah, and they, they they think maybe more today. Yeah. Um, I saw Marcus Stroman, uh, Gordon Wittmeyer caught up with Marcus Stroman. He said, why wouldn't I want to come to Wrigley Field? Everyone would want to play there in front of that crowd. He was on my shopping list last week, right, to right. spend the Ricketts money. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize he's one of only six MLB players listed at 5'10 or under. And so if they did land Stroman, they would have two of the six, right? Because Nick Mandrigal is also oh, that's on the Sure, team. sure. So I don't know if Marcus Stroman would you know, necessarily work out, but it'd be a hell of an upgrade from what they have going into next season. So yeah. hopefully he was sincere and not just trying to rule out a team that might up his bidding and you know, up his market price.
0: Right. Right, I'm looking here. Innings pitched um, in the American League, they have fifteen. They have fifteen. no, they have thirteen guys that have pitched 162 innings so far. So you're gonna tell me only those thirteen are eligible for the for the Cy Young Award? Um, yep. G. Toledo's in there. Robbie Ray's got 193 innings pitched. Garrett Cole 181. um and it's funny because Rodon's got a better ERA than either of those two. Um, Giolito's isn't far. He's three fifty eight. Cole is three twenty three. Robbie Ray, well, Robbie Ray's two eighty four. He got lit up with home runs the other day by the Yankees in a game they needed to win. Um, Frankie Montas, who used to be White Sox property, is third in the American League in innings pitched, um, and also he's got a three thirty seven ERA, thirteen and nine. Not bad. Um, but, yeah, I would think eventually they may have to change the rules. Um, you would think. Yeah. yeah, you would think because the White Sox, they they have Keuchel at 161, and he probably won't get any in C, like I said, he will. So the Sox, of their five starters, only two of them are going to qualify for, you know, with 162 That's innings. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it kind of is. Um, like I said, Lance Lynn falls short. And, uh, you know, if, in fact, he was a little bit better, maybe they would have worked to get him a couple more innings. They would have left him in. But I guess there was no reason yesterday he was five innings shy um, of that number. And like you said, he, he sat out and they pushed him a couple times. But it does, technically, I know that uh, that part doesn't matter. Uh, eventually, it's just what happens in the playoffs and everything else. The Sox are going to the playoffs. My biggest problem, and I've mentioned it for the last several weeks, is, and Tony LaRusso mentioned it, at least two or three weeks in a row, saying how the team's got to hit the ball. They've, they've got to stop swinging at pitches out of the zone. They've got to hit strikes. They can't swing for the home runs. Last night, they actually did that. They were they were hitting the ball all over the place. They only had the one homer, if I'm not mistaken, the Jose Abreu homer. Other than that, they didn't homer. And Tim Anderson went four for four. That's what they need. They need T.A. getting on, on base at the beginning. Um, hopefully, if... If he loses the appeal on the suspension for pushing an ump, it I'm doesn't. I guess he's going to lose that appeal. Well, I, well there, but it was a three game suspension. Yeah. And he's only got two games left in the season. Hopefully that doesn't carry over <laughs> to a postseason or, I you think know,
2: the regular season next, next year. year.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I would think. Last yeah. night they had 13 hits and just the one home run. I See, love seeing that. That's yeah. I, they struck out seven times. That was nice. Again, it's Detroit pitching. What's hap- What happens is when you get to the playoffs, Brian, and I know you know this. When you get to the playoffs, there's better pitching.
1: <laughs> the That's Astros, usually the case. Yeah, yes. the
0: Astros have better pitching. The Yankees, the Rays, um, Tampa, they all have better pitching than what the White Sox have seen in this five game win streak fe- facing the Indians, the Tigers. And the Reds. Uh, well, you know
2: what? I'll I'll take what I can take and, and the idea that they've got some momentum against bad teams or not. We want yeah. to see them finish up the regular season doing the right things and winning, you know, whether it's home runs or, or ball and play and, right. and maybe hopefully can strike that balance going into a series against Houston. But it's a nice way to hopefully end up with a sweep of the series and and see where it goes. I mean, it would be right. terrific if they found a way to get home field through, You know, by tomorrow night. We'll know that for sure. But yeah. um, there's so much better team at home. They just are.
0: They are. Uh, it's it's amazing how much of a better team they are. So we'll see how things go later on today. The White Sox, it'll be Lucas Gilito going to get a 6-10 first pitch, 5-30 pregame. And we'll have the White Sox weekly show at 3-30 coming up today with Connor McKnight. Let's go quickly out to the south side of Reggie. Reggie, what's going on today? Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. I got a a comment about Matt Nagy.
4: Yeah.
3: Uh, Hanley mentioned a little while ago that he's only called six quarters of of football. If he plans to uh, to keep his job after this season, he's going to have to give up play calling because he's proven he can't be a coordinator. He'll never get another job as a coordinator. So he's going to have to get a job as a head coach. He's proven to be a good head coach. Just a poor play caller. He's got to give it up. It's a laser. What do you guys
0: think about that? Well, and it and it does seem, Brian, and we Reggie, we appreciate the call. Thanks for holding on. Um I, I think they play hard for him. But they're also he's also gonna lose the locker room if he doesn't make a change. Absolutely. Yeah. On the quarterback and the play calling over the next couple of weeks.
2: It's a slippery slope when you have an offensive meeting and ask, hey guys, what do you think? What could we be doing different? I mean, it, it's nice to want to say everyone's involved and take ownership. Right. But it also screams, I, I'm really desperate here. Can you help me out? And I don't think Bill Belichick's ever held that meeting. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I don't think Mark Trussman ever held that meeting.
0: No, no, you wouldn't think so. Um, that usually doesn't. It's funny that you say this because, <clears throat> you know, on, you go to YouTube and all different things pop up and all that stuff. And I'm not sure if you watch the, uh, <clears throat> the TV series uh, Friday Night
2: Lights. Oh, I loved it. Okay. It's one of the best things I've ever
0: oh, watched. Oh, it's, it's yeah. tremendous. Absolutely amazing. The movie was great. The series was, I think, much better even. Yep, um, absolutely. But there's a play when, when they're at the, um, the state tournament, and it's at the, very, very, the state final, the very ch- last game. There's like Spoiler eight word. seconds left. Yeah, yeah, if you haven't seen the series. Uh, they win the state championship, by the way. so But they go to the sideline, and they're not sure what play to call. And the coach says, he looks He looks at his coordinator, his assistant, and he gives him a play, and he says, well, that's not going to work. He gives him a play, and then the quarterback steps up and says, you know what, he goes, I got to play. He goes, I throw the pass over the middle. This guy gets it. He laterals back. The guy runs for the touchdown. And the coach looks at him and says, run it. And that's almost to the point that Nagy needs someone to tell him what the hell's going to work because he has no idea right now.
2: You know, and he didn't last year. And even when he was coach of the year, you know we don't have to go yeah. back. No, this he taught about four years for his offense to really come to fruition. And and look, they're almost every the bottom level in every offensive category in year four. It it looked better. It worked better with laser. It's not that difficult. Like like uh York said, it's not that complicated. No. Why wouldn't you you know move your ego aside and just do what worked last year, much better than when you were doing it, and start tomorrow. That's it.
0: Yeah. I mean, and you. There's no better team to start it against than the Lions.
2: Absolutely. Okay,
0: and he does have. He does. He has had success against the Lions. He's had success with Mitchell Trubisky against the Lions. No matter what people thought about Trubisky, he had success with running an offense and and play calling against them. So I, I can't 15. imagine.
2: 15 touchdowns, one interception, and yeah. a QB rating average of 118.4. Numbers you haven't seen is against anything else, any other team in the NFL when Nagy's offense was on the field. Right. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing how what happens. Again,
0: uh, game time decision um, for the quarterback. I, I'd be surprised if it was Andy Dalton starting, if he was healthy enough to go. Um, but then again, I probably shouldn't be surprised with Matt Nagy making the call. So
2: I I, I mean, if, if he's 80% and says, I can go give it a shot, I think he's going to go give it a shot. And if he can't get through the game health-wise, then it's really scrambled. Here comes Justin Fields again, running the Andy Dalton offense. Yeah. Um, don't go
0: anywhere. Remember top of the hour, 11 o'clock. It's, uh, Chicago's college tailgate, Black and Abdallah. They're itching to get in here. They will. When we come back, we've got a few more minutes. We're going to look at our poll results and, um, Talk a little bit about um, the Sox, the Bears, before we're out of here. Hanley and Hubner on ESPN 1000. This hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football, Chicago's Big Ten team. College football is back, and Coach Fitz and the 2020 Big Ten West Division champions host Rutgers, Minnesota, Iowa, and Purdue this fall. Tickets on sale now at nusports.com. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Hadley and Huebner for a couple more minutes here on ESPN 1000. Brian, I, I, I think I have a solution to my, my problem. It's not a gambling problem. Well, it's my own gambling problem. It's not that mm-hmm. I lose a lot. Well, it is I lose a lot, but not, you know, not enough where I need to call... Uh gamblers anonymous. You don't lead.
2: wager a lot of money, no, but your percentage no. of winners always oh, awful. Yeah. I hate that. Well, that's I, why yeah. they have casinos and sports books.
0: I know. I look at the my betting history and sometimes I have to go like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve bets before I find one of my winners. Because I'm I'm stupid and I have a tendency to love playing parlays because if you win on a parlay you win more money. Yes. But what I did last week and I'm gonna do it again this week is I picked five games. And I pick five games and I play each game individually. And then put all five in a parlay, right? Because if you win three out of five, yeah, you get your money back, right? And you make a little bit, you know. Because for example, if I'm just making a five dollar bet on each of those, you win three, you've got you've got thirty bucks. That's that's basically what you laid down. So yeah, and if I did, you hit uh, four, you hit five, you know, then you win on everything.
2: My so. my FanDuel had a promotion last week. Mm-hmm. Um, for fourteen parlay college or NFL. And you could if if you won or lost you got ten dollar credit, right? right they're they're right. all about credits. Yeah. So I bet twenty bucks. And they happened to all come in and I got the ten dollar credit too. So there you go. So my twenty dollar, you know, was a two hundred and eighty dollar payoff. But I told you that, that went against my rules because you usually two teams right. that's the max
0: No more than kitchen. two. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know your rule. But then if you play like two or three parlays, you know what happens. You always split. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So I figure, okay, if I play each one separately and then play a parlay, it's like I can't can't be too upset. So uh, let's take a look at our poll questions before we get out of here. Our two poll questions. The first one, if both Dalton and Fields are available, which quarterback would you start tomorrow? And uh, Tyler, how did the the poll go on the uh, Dalton and Fields? Which quarterback would uh, the people start? Oh, for the first poll, one second, we're pulling this up real quick, and Justin Fields getting 74% of the vote, Andy Dalton getting 26%. Okay, okay. And I,
2: I voted Fields, but that's what I would do, and that's what our listeners would do. I'm, I said I think if Dalton's 80% tomorrow and says he can go, yeah, what they're going to do is start Dalton and... Bill Lazor is going to call the place for either, but remember he does have a history with Andy Dalton from Cincinnati, right? So he should. He, the two of them together should be able to get a game plan that that looks suitable. And again, it's against the Lions, so it's hard to judge anyway. But um, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out.
0: There's no AJ Green out there. No. Um, no. Uh, no. Okay, the second one. If you were down to your last dollar, which would you bet? The Bears against uh, the Bears to beat the Lions or the White Sox to beat the Astros in the American League Division Series. i ca- I got to imagine this one's 90-10. No. You could not be more wrong. It is almost 50-50. really very... 50.9 voting for the Bears to beat the Lions on Sunday and 49.1 Sox to beat the Astros in the ALDS.
2: That, that is crazy because I don't know if that speaks to the lack of faith in the White Sox or the lack of faith in the Bears. Yeah. I mean, or the Bears should beat the Lions no matter how Bad it looks from here, in the past week, that that's, that's a, that shocked me.
0: Yeah, see, the thing is, for the White Sox to beat the Astros, that's winning three out of five games, or winning maybe, three games,
2: maybe, and maybe mostly in Houston, right? Yeah.
0: Where for the Bears, it's winning one game. So, and, and the other thing is, the Bears are favored over the Lions, and if you look at it, I can't imagine the White Sox are favored over the Astros in any line that they would have for that series.
2: Even um, if the White Sox had a home field, I, I think Houston would still be a slight favorite. Probably. Part,
0: but, yeah. I would think so. My problem is, going into the series, is that every team in the American League is playing better than the White Sox. Now, I know we just talked about it. They've won five in a row. Right. But it's against Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Detroit. Okay. The the Yankees beat Toronto. Okay. The um, the Mariners have been winning, coming out of nowhere. The Red Sox took it. Um, they lost to Baltimore, but, you know, Houston's been winning games. The Rays are playing. I mean, everybody else seems to be playing better than the White Sox going in, and hopefully that the White Sox can pull together. They can do what they did last night, one homer, 13 hits overall, spray the ball everywhere. More Uh, of that. Yeah, Yeah. and play better defense Um, on the left side of the infield. I need Moncada to make throws that, you know, Jose Abreu doesn't stretch all over the place for and Tim Anderson just to play a little better um, defensively. So you know, it's funny anytime you watch a game when Dallas Keuchel's <laughs> when Dallas Keuchel's pitching, uh, which he won't for a while. Um, but when you see Dallas Keuchel pitching, they always make plays where they should be they should get it, and they don't. Or you'll have a, a game where there's Lurie Garcia at short instead of Tim Anderson, and Lurie just doesn't have the arm from deep in the hole or things like that. And you can look. <laughs> It's like the cameraman knows. Get a get a shot of Keiko because he's not going to say anything, but he's going to look completely
2: disgusted. The body language is going to oh, yeah. be screaming something. Yeah,
0: it happens quite often, and I'm just hoping that when they get to the postseason, and these these teams all play well defensively, Tampa Bay has done it with you know smoke and mirrors over the last several years. But you know yep. what? They keep getting there, and we saw them last year go all the way to the World Series. So I don't know. It's just it's nerve wracking. Think positive. I can't. I, my 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 biggest thing was listen. If you think if you're pessimistic, and then it doesn't happen, and the good things happen, then you're happy, right? Where if what you think is going to happen or dread's going to happen happens, you're not as depressed. So I don't know. There's logic there somewhere. And, there Maybe. is. I know. Yeah. It's it's that it's completely not the way to think. But uh, it's got. We me. care. They care. Yeah. And yeah. We're going to be in this together and <laughs> help. Brian, have a good one. Don't forget next week. It is. It is the hockey show uh, on Saturdays at 10 o'clock. Don't go anywhere, though. It's the uh, Chicago's College Tailgate, Bleck and Abdallah, coming up in moments here on ESPN 1000.